beginning of part. How are we doing, everybody? This is Jeff Hoke here with Jamie Gallen and Chris Henrique for yet another episode of Shorthand Takes a Boston Bruins podcast. Back from a little hiatus, uh, some conflicting scheduling. Uh, I was vastly very, very sick last week, so that was a fun time. But we are back. Uh, lots to talk about, lots to get into. Um, and yeah, it's going to be, we're coming up on the home stretch here, but, uh, when I say we got a lot to talk about, I mean, we got a lot to talk about and Jamie's been fiending, uh, to be talking about this and it's been, uh, an ugly, ugly post all-star break for the Boston <laughs> Bruins, uh, seven game home stretch, uh, came out one, uh, one, five and two, one, four and two or something like that. Uh, nothing good, nothing good. They've been to five straight overtimes. Uh, so they got at least one point. They haven't, I don't even think they've won one of those overtimes, maybe just one, but they're on the Pacific West coast right now. Uh, they play, uh, the Kraken closing that out, uh, tonight. One, uh, we were one hour before that, uh, uh, puck drops, but you know, Jamie, it's, it's been rough. Uh, we'll get into the nitty gritty of it, but let's, let's just, uh, take the base layer off. It, it's been a rough, rough stretch here for the Bruins. It has. They've shown they can't feel like they can't close a game. They forgot to do that after January. Apparently, that is in the February thing. Um, I mean, a lot of stupid penalties late. I mean, against Vancouver the other night, you're up two nothing. You collapse in the last period. You get that stupid penalty. Um, and it's kind of just like. We've seen them this year be very inconsistent. We had that stretch like right before the All-Star break when they were horrible to watch. They weren't going to overtime at that point. It was just like straight regulation horribleness. Um, but yeah, it's just been very frustrating to see them not be able to hold the lead this month. And it's like, great, you get a point. Like it's good at a point. But there's so many games in the last three weeks that they could have won that they just collapsed and just let winnable games slip out of their fingers. Yeah, I think the biggest issue for me is the people that are talking about just we at least we got a point. Yes, getting a point is good. It keeps you up in the standings, but you cannot close out games. And that is the biggest issue with these guys right now. And it's coming back to haunt them. They were doing so well with with that. They came back from all-star break. It kind of crept back up on them. And now you're looking uh on the outside looking in uh of first place now, Chris. Uh closing out games, obviously. You know, we all saw what happened against uh, Vancouver. Uh, gave me PTSD flashbacks to the Florida Game Seven last year. Uh, what What's your take on the Bruins so far? Well, you make a good point in regards to the the whole like fan banter of like we get a point. You don't get a point though in the postseason, and it 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 is getting frustrating to see this team, you know, collapsing in the third period and you're letting down your goaltending, you know, when Swayman's having a, a game that they should get the win and he's keeping them in the game and your team is hanging you out to dry. Um, it, it's, it gets frustrating and the way they've played is getting frustrated. Just what, what sucks is that it's kind of like when these teams go on these skids, it seems to come in bunches and Maybe it's happening at a good time to where you get out of the way now, you get closer to the trade deadline, you make a move, you 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 kind of, you know, relight a fire, I guess, within the team, and then you start to focus on the playoffs. I 
also am hoping that this team doesn't think that they're better than what they are, that they can, you know, that this sort of thing can happen. And ah, we can give up a lead. We'll just win in overtime because you're not that team. You know what I mean? Like you're not, you're just, you're not that you're not, you're the team of last year, the team of last year, they, they could get down at any point And you like always felt that they could come back and win that hockey game. It like, it always felt it did not matter. It always felt they were going to come back and win. Um, the other thing too, and I have to agree with Michael Felger, Pasternak turns the puck over so many friggin' times. And I understand he's, he's outstanding. He's a, the, one of the best players in the league, but stop turning the puck over different conversation. But, um, they're also banged up. They're banged up defensively happens all the time. That's why I think that they need to focus on adding defensemen, getting just guys that can just help you get through the next, you know, latter end of the season before going to the playoffs. I don't think you need like a stud or anything like that. We've talked about adding, I think they need to add a vet. I would try to add a couple guys that can help you kind of bridge that gap. Okay. So let's, let's break that down for a second because you look, you look at the team as a whole right now. You talked about Pasternak and all that stuff. You're, you're getting a lot of fourth line. You're getting the scoring outside, outside of the first line, which is what you need. Which is fine, but you're not getting the first line scoring like you were before the before the break. Pasternak kind of cooled off a little bit. Marshan, you know, Marshan's got Marshan goes through through his streaks. Debrusque, we goddamn dude, Debrusque is just brutal to watch right now. Uh, you brought up Brazo, who's a great addition. Uh, Richard, who's a great addition, both on the fourth line. They have been tremendous down there. It appears, Jamie, that we we have talked about it. And we have talked about it, like Chris said. The defense is the main thing. And the biggest thing to me is you need to get Lowry more playing time. And you're going to see that. You're going to see that against the Kraken because Derek Forbert's out. We'll get to that in a second uh, because that is a very interesting situation going on right now with him. But you got to get him some more time. And there's, it's, I feel like you're just, I don't know if Noah Hannafin is the guy or not. That has been the guy that has been linked to the Bruins the most lately. Uh, and you saw what he w- looked like when they played Calgary. Uh, that was the one game they won on the Pacific West. Uh, the second game that they won on the Pacific. Uh, no, they lost that game, actually. That was my bad. Uh, that was a game they lost. Uh, but what what is your take on the defense aspect of things? It just appears like, you know, Forbert's just a stick in the mud out on the ice out there. And he's somehow still getting playing time on the penalty kill and on the penalty and just on five on five. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if they're going to make little tweaks, you know, at the deadline, especially given their, where they are in the salary cap, I think it should be focused on defense. Um, you need to give a young guy like Lowry minutes because he is probably better than Forbert and better than Grizz at this point. Um, but if I'm Sweeney and if I can get creative and get a way to upgrade my decor here in the next couple of weeks, I'm doing it. Um, just because, I mean, outside of McFoy, Carlo, we've seen Lindholm's been injured. And I feel like he hasn't had the best season, but I feel like lately while he's been out, you've seen the lack of depth that this decor has. Um, and they just need to get better bodies in there. You know, if, if four birds like we talked about is at the point where I think he's liability when he's on the ice. Yeah. Um, That's I an mean, understatement. Grizzlick is, we know Chris's thoughts, but Grizzlick's very, <laughs> barely healthy slash even average half the time. He had a good game the uh, other day. I'll, I'll give him that. He didn't have a good game the other day. 
So, I mean, I feel like outside of McAvoy, Carlo, and then the, every couple times that Grizz decides to have a good decides to have a good game, um, and Lori, you need a lot of help there. So, Chris, we talked about Grizz like a little bit. You know, blind squirrel gets his nut every now and then. You know, fuck fucker has a good game every now and then. It's fine. Uh, but the guy that is I've talked about the most here is Derek Forbert. Derek Forbert. Uh, had was scratched from today's game, from tonight's game, uh, due to uh missing team meeting, uh, on the road too, which is even more bizarre. I think DeBrusque last year was it last year DeBrusque missed it, missed it, I believe. Uh, and the same thing yeah. happened, he was scratched for a game. Uh, so of all the people to meet to miss a team meeting for, yeah. but sorry, I just had to throw them no, no, you're good. It's it, it's just bizarre. Like, was this year, uh, DeBrusque missed it this year. Oh, was it this year, really? There oh. was one time last year too. Damn. Well, against the Kings in October. Oh. oh okay. That was must. Uh, yeah, that's right. Because that was the West Coast trip. Uh, anyway, what what's your take on forward here? I mean, is he even a valuable trade chip, or is he kind of just like a salary dump at this point? If you're if you're gonna uh, get get rid of someone, I, I would say not. I wouldn't say he's a valuable trade chip. I would remove valuable. I would say he's a trade chip. I think that there's. I think there would be an appetite for teams that are looking to upgrade or add depth. This is a better term I should use. Similar to with the Bruins, right? If the Bruins, if the Bruins didn't have a guy like Derek Forbort, I feel like that's a guy at this point. You know, I like. I don't think they need to make a splash in that respect. So, in regards to Forbort, if they can move him, and he can be involved in a deal that you can help upgrade, I would do it. The problem is, is that like I do not have an appetite. And the Bruins going in and trading another first round pick or another second round pick for a player that is on an expiring deal. I, like, I just don't have the appetite for that with this team anymore. I understand why they've done it in the past. They, they, they took their shots and I can appreciate that. But I also like, I don't view this Bruins team as a team that can win the cup. Now, can your goaltender get hot in the postseason? We've seen it before. It happens with teams. You can talk me into it when we get into the postseason, whatever. But I'd rather not continue to keep mortgaging some of the future. I'd rather go and get veteran players to bring in. And if it means subtracting a four-board, we don't know why he ultimately missed the meeting today. But it kind of feels like the writing's been on the wall for uh, like for him all year. You know what I mean? Not like really the Mike Riley treatment where Mike Riley was waived and he goes to Providence and all this other. But like it kind of feels like the writing's on the wall. But I also feel, you know, be professional. You're you're on a team that is going to make the postseason. They still need you. You still need them. I, like, I don't really get what the rift and what's kind of going on in that respect. Um, so, yeah, I would move if you can. Personally, you know, my feelings, I'd move Grizzly before any of them. And I mean, it the respect that the guy can just not stay healthy. He just can't stay healthy and he can't help you. I don't care what he did the other day. Yeah, squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Awesome. You can, you know, it's it's like a baseball player running into one every once in a while, you know. But I don't know. I I I, I think this the Bruins. I think aiming for guys like Noah Hannafin and players' names that we recognize. That's the flavor of the month. I rather go and get if you're gonna get a guy an expiring deal, get like a like a Nick Dowd. Not gonna cost you much. I, I like not gonna cost you much. Final year. Plug them in, get like another guy, plug them in, 
You know what I mean? Like just get guys to get you through it. Get guys who've been in the postseason. You know what I mean? Like we've seen them go and make these big splashes. And like, what did Rick Nash do when Ooh. we got when the Bruins gotten Rick Nash? Ooh. He got his fucking brain scrambled and he didn't get done playing in the and he didn't really get to play as much. What did uh what's his face last year? The dude from the caps. Orlov? Orlov? You know what I mean? Like remember when they got um DC Sniper? It's like we, we you get these flashes, you know what I mean? And then these guys don't, we're not getting the bang for the buck is basically what I'm trying to get at. I can't get the words out, but that's what I'm trying to get at. So now, now fun fact, uh, the Bruins do not have a pick until the fourth round in this year's draft. Uh, their three first round picks, uh, first round pick went to, uh, I believe Detroit second round to Washington. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember mm-hmm. who the third round was. Uh, third round might have been part of the Detroit trade as well. Can't remember though. Either way, yeah, they don't got much to trade this year, uh, pick wise at least. Uh, who's, might... that, who's that defenseman that I just I saw a tweet about that is like a six foot seven defenseman? He was drafted by Carolina a few years back. He's a free agent. Hannafin? No, no, no. It's a college kid. We just we just fucking talked about Hannafin. Oh, Hunter Ryan tweeted about him earlier, and I forgot his name. I yeah, wanted I can't to remember his name. It's a it's a mute point for the for this talk show portion of the podcast, I guess. Yeah. Look well, well, while you do that, um, Jamie, uh, the main question I have before I uh, get into anything else here: um, Should we be worried? I think so. Um, I think my biggest thing is just we kind of said earlier in the playoffs you don't get a point for forcing overtime. Um. It's just going to get harder in the playoffs, especially if the first line is struggling. Um, and I just think kind of you've seen their youth shine through a little lately. Um, I mean, it would be great to give Lorai more minutes, but then again, the playoffs, like he's still a rookie, so he's going to go through those adjustments. Um, I mean, I've said in our first episode that I think they're going to be a first-round exit. I still feel like I think they probably get into the first round and lose in like five games. Um but I think it's just been like really concerning to see the recent stretch last a whole month too. It's not like we're talking about three or four games. Yeah. It's been a month that they've had shown an inability to close out a game, regardless of it's, a, if, it, if it's a top team in the league or like a bottom five team, it doesn't matter. And it's even more worrisome. The fact that, you know, Montgomery has tried everything he can so far to try to, you know, reignite whatever they had. He's tried to throw the lines in a blunder again, mid game. He's tried to throw them in, before the game, he's just not able to work that magic. And uh, this is really, if you ask me, the first true test of uh, Montgomery's uh, tenure with the Bruins post-first season. So, I mean, this is a sophomore season with the Bruins. Uh, this is his first true test, um, uh, trying to get over this little hump here. And if you can get over this, I mean, look, I guess once you hit the playoffs, you never know. Um, but and it That's appeared- my point, too, that I was trying to make before, like, Again, as currently built, what we've kind of watched, there's been inconsistencies. I don't think they could win a cup, like right now. But again, if a Swayman gets hot in the postseason, obviously anything yeah. can happen, right? So that's kind of – but I think you you also make now another good point. I, I felt that Montgomery was outcoached against the Panthers in the playoffs last year. Yep. And I think – he kind of skates by a little bit because of how well they played last year. 
They got off to a hot start. And I don't think, I just don't really feel like the, the, the media who covers Bruins, I don't feel like they, they push Montgomery. You know what I mean? Like I, it's, it's almost like the Celtics with Missoula. There's no like pushing the guy. It's like green team or questions. It's in the words of Felger. It's like, wee. it's how they, I feel like they treat Montgomery. Yep. You know, like I, I want to see a little bit of like, put him to the fire a little bit answer for why, that is some of the decision that you're making and, and things like that. I think you make up a good point. I think that he has not been tested as a coach outside of that playoff series. Yeah. And we know the answer to that question. He failed. Yeah. And I, I mean, and like you said, it, it that was kind of a, obviously he was, he was out coached, but it's, it was kind of an outlier to me because they had the best season, uh, regular season you'd ever seen. So on and so forth. Now you're without Bergeron. Now you're without Krejci. Now you're without these main guys. Now it's your team. Uh, you kind you kind of let Bergeron be be the guy there last year because he was the captain and he he was the most well respected. Not saying Marshan doesn't have a say in it. He probably does, but this is more of Monty's team now. And now you're starting to see what you can really get out of them. And look, they're a great team. They've they've really exceeded expectations so far, and you know have kind of got everyone's hopes up. So hopefully they don't you know crush them here. Uh, anytime soon, they might. I don't know. Either way, you're going to get in the playoffs. It's just how you can play in the playoffs. And it does appear to me that they're starting to try to ramp Swayman up for more of a playoff push here and that he's going to be the guy that they want to be the main guy in the playoffs. And that's why, to me, it almost makes sense to try to, and I understand he's going to no trade, but to me, like, Olmark is the guy you try to move. Yeah. If you're going to try to make a big splash, if you're going to go and try to make that that bigger splash to really kind of shock your roster. I would, to me, like all marks your play because you don't have the pieces. I get the sense that Jeff's not on board with that though. Judging by the face that you made. I I had a mini burp there mid uh, mid conversation. That's why, but I mean, I I don't think you trade him this year is the thing or this, the mid season, I should say, I don't think you trade, uh, you'll trade, you trade him in the off seasons or what you do. Because you're going to have the money to re-sign Jeremy Swayman, you got to move him in the offseason. Because you're not going to be able to carry two goals with five plus million dollars in cap space once you sign Jeremy Swayman. I think it's going to be too hard to trade him mid. I, I think it's going to be too hard on the team to trade him mid-season. Uh, if you, I see what you're talking about because I have talked about this with multiple people, and it is a it is a thought I've had multiple times. I just don't want to kill the chemistry that this team has if there is any chemistry right now, which there is, but you know, the, the lifeblood is a goalie is what I'm trying to say at the end of the day here. You you just want it. You want the hugs. Just let me finish out the season with the hugs. How's that? Yeah. I mean, if that was, I'm, with, I'm with Jeff on this, like why we got to hand on the hooks. Finish, finish, mean? finish out the season. And I am fine with trading old Mark. But Hopefully, see, I'm pretty uh, sure that Bussy would hug Swayman. Oh, they, they would. You know, it's just not the same though. It's a different type of hug. Yeah, but I rather them hug the Stanley Cup. Okay, the- so 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 the secondary tier for me is the hugs, but the main tier is the fact that I just don't want the chemistry to be broken up. Okay. At the at the end Wait, of the day, so what would the third tier be? I I don't know. Just the just the bro, the bro the bro moments Bye. that they have all the time off the off the ice. I mean, I mean, Christ, he he Swayman dresses up as Santa for Olmark's kids for Christ's sakes. That's true friendship right there. It's true friendship. It really is. So I do that. Uh, by the way, Cade Weber 
is the defenseman. Never heard of him. BU hockey. It was drafted by the the Hurricanes. They hmm. free six foot seven. I was reading about him while you were talking about um, the hugs. Hugs. Uh, <laughs> he finished second in the NCAA with ninety five blocked shots. Slam him tonight. I would drive him six foot seven. I would drive him to Seattle right now. <laughs> well, literally, I just did twenty hour drive two days ago. I will drive to Seattle with him right now. Yeah, be more than twenty hours if that was the case. I'm a big BU guy. I've I was so I've, I look. I've been people have been saying like just adopt some like college team. That way you can follow because like my buddies are getting into college sports and I'm just like I can't do it. But then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna adopt the college team. So for I've adopted BU hockey as my one of my teams, and I think I'm gonna adopt the PC Friars Ooh, for okay. basketball because I'm like 20 minutes from Providence. Well, yeah. when the bridge isn't fucked, but I'm 20 <laughs> minutes from Providence, um, and I want to go to. I want to. I think this year probably the ship sort of sailed, but next year this coming like September, huh? There's still time. I know someone who would go with you. Just you got you got UConn. You got UConn Providence coming up uh, on the ninth. So I kind of I want to do I want to do PC games because it's not far the Amica the Amica Pavilion whatever it's the, it's the dunk let's be honest the dunk the dunk, the dunk. um but I I, I do have uh, an affinity for the uh, BU hockey program yeah I, I'm I'm up I'm just I got one team up here to root for that's about it <laughs> up here in Maine we got one team that's it one one school everything everywhere else is D three around here so I mean. D one wise, we have a uh, University of Maine. That's about it. So now hockey team teams rank ninth nationally. So I'll take it. So, hum, 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 humble brag. Yeah, a little humble brag, but you know BU was number two. BC number one. So yeah, Quinnipiac, they're in there somewhere. UMass, they're outside the top ten. So don't be a UMass fan. Yeah. No. Um. One guy I do want to talk about though before we uh wrap things up for tonight. Um one of my new favorite players in the league right now <clears throat> that just entered uh here a couple weeks ago. Become a phenom now. Matt Rempe. Oh dude. My dude. my boy. This 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 is my guy. He's bringing back 80s hockey single-handedly and it is fucking fantastic. I'll tell you what. Now now this this is a guy that start uh called up for the outdoor game. Uh, for the Rangers against the Devils, first uh first minutes on the ice, got into a fist fight. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks I'm later, very happy. What you brought him up because I love his style of play. Oh, that's so just a great. That's just great hockey name. It is yeah, Rempe. Oh, so good. And then a couple weeks later, he gets into a uh fight uh against probably one of the best fighters in the league. If I if you ask me. In the flood with the Flyers and uh Dislaugers. Uh one one of the best pure fighters that you'll see in Dislaugers. Uh pieces him up just like out of perfection. And then Matthew Joseph the next day uh decides to try to fight him. From, I'm looking uh, I'm looking at still photos of just him taking a fist to the face. I'm gonna post those in a minute. Yeah, Matthew Joseph. Uh, decided to take him on the next day. Uh, in that when they play the Columbus Blue Jackets, and he pieced him up as well. It he just the the way he punches and the way he gets into fights. It is such eighties, and I love it. And you know, 
on the national broadcast the other day, they were talking about how much uh, Ray Ferraro was saying how much it brings him back to Harkins the old days, and I and I absolutely love it. Jamie's looking at something. I feel like there's something flying around him right now, so I don't know what the hell's going on. So he's either that or he's just tripping on some nice ass drugs. It's okay, you know, it's we got some friends during the podcast above me apparently. But is, is it a fly or is it a spider? It is a fly. Oh, it's a fly. But very, uh, very passionate about hockey. Apparently. Chris, what do you what do you think about Rempe? Well, I, I, I think it's I like that style of hockey where there where there's that physicality. Guys aren't afraid to drop the drop the gloves. And again, like I was saying, just watching some still photos of that. I'm gonna I I just queued up some videos here. I just saved. Um, I I think that ignites teams. You mean like that gets teams fired up, gets teams going. You can quickly sway the momentum of, of a hockey game just by flailing fists around in the air. And, you know, kudos to this kid. I mean, just looking at, again, just still photos of just him connecting with these dudes. I, I, I respect <laughs> And some of these like, are veterans. Like, literally, there's, a, there's one here. You just see his face going, like, 11 different directions. And the yeah. fist is right there. And it's like, he just doesn't care. I think he has more PIMs minutes than he does minutes on the ice. He's six foot seven. Yeah, he's six foot seven, two forty. No, two. No, he's two twenty. I'm sorry, he's two twenty. Does Lauz just was two forty? His knuckles are all banged up. Like, that's a hockey player. Ah, dude, it's so nice, isn't it? I hate that he's on the Rangers, but damn, it's so nice. But the Rangers, Rangers need a guy like that, though. They just—it's nice to have a guy that you know can uh, go after a uh, Tom Wilson or something like that. I have a uh, trade idea. Forbert for him, straight up. I mean, if if the Rangers take that, I'm all for it. I'm all I for see it. No issues here. I I see no issues either. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Lulu Amarillo will take him for something over down on the island, as well. Uh, the Islanders suck ass right now, so I mean, Lamarillo is just a terrible GM. So, also, can we just talk about how they didn't even dress up for their uh, uh, game for their uh, outdoor game? You had yeah, saw that. I was like, guys, you have one job. That's... That was a good game, though. That, oh, no, that it was a great game. Exciting. But the fact that, you know, they didn't, I mean, it would have been nice to see them. You know, you had the uh, Rangers walking with the uh, FDN, the uh, Fire Department of New York uh, people. Uh, they, they, Islanders, Lou Lamarillo said, nah, not today. That just goes to show you, though, like where that organization's at. You know what I mean? Like that's where old fuddy duddies, you know, where it's like you would think that bringing like Patrick Ryan, like it would change something. It just it sometimes coaching changes really ignite teams in the season. Other times you stick to the status other, quo, and other times it's just the roster construction, and maybe even higher up than that. You know? Patrick Wah is a good signing. Don't get me wrong. I, I think he's done a great job with the team. Don't get me uh, wrong. Like if if you know if, if they need to, if they need to find a new home for Barzil, I mean, I'm all about it. We'll do. what We got to do. We'll figure it out. Right? How do you think? I like this. I like how do you think? How, how do you think Bo, Bo Horvat's feeling right now, bro? His, his team, his former team's fucking lighting it up right now, while his team is dookie. I think he'd look good in black and gold. Personally, I'm sure he would if he didn't just sign a seven year deal with the uh, Islanders. It's a small, <laughs> it's a small factor on that end. Chris, you look like you have an idea. 
I, I guess I'm just like thinking in my head, like of just some like the Islanders do that though. I'm not saying it's a bad contract, but they sign these guys, and it's like, remember? I mean, this might be a little bit too old for you guys, but like, let's say Yashin signed like a 14 year contract. Oh yes, yes, he's a goalie, right? Yeah, no. uh, no. he was. Uh, I can't remember what what uh, what position he played. I remember the contract signing. Because it was like the largest contract in NHL history. And he, he, and, he, and he retired like halfway through it, didn't he? He So he started with the Senators. He became a free agent in 2001. And he signed a 10-year, $87.5 million deal. Uh, Mike Milbury signed that contract. Of course he um, did. <laughs> and it just it it didn't work out. It, it, he returned to Russia in 2007. 2007. You know, it's just the Islanders of who's the one? Was it Rick DiPietro? I think he was the one that signed that stupid long contract. There was also uh, Shea Weber that signed yep. a stupid long 14 year contract. Um, that that was just a stupid. He's getting yeah. He signed a fourteen year contract in twenty twelve, fifteen years, and it runs up in twenty twenty six. Now he's retired. By the way, if you guys didn't know, um, he was on the Canadians for a little while. He had a neck injury, uh, and then his uh, his injury rights got traded to Arizona, uh, and now. He's uh, taking up seven million on Arizona's uh, nice cap space over there. DPH signed a fifteen-year, sixty-seven point five million dollar deal. Locks in at like four and a half. To me, I, I look at it from like the perspective of yeah, you have the security of like the fifteen years and that money. But if the Islanders outside of like the eighties have they given any sort of indication that this team is going to be a consistent perennial playoff? caliber team that you'd want to lock yourself into 15 years on long island you shouldn't be locking 15 years into anybody honestly no not at all if i like i as i I, again i'm not a general manager of a hockey team or any professional sport but like to me like what the only player like if you were to say to me you had to lock up a player 15 years right now i would i would lock up connor bedard you know what i mean like yeah that's about it. To me, that makes sense. But to lock up the goalie at four and a half, I feel like lock him up for five, five years, and then see what you have in five years. You know what I mean? Like, unless he's Dominic Hasek and he's going to continue to perform at a high level, you know what I mean? Like, goalies, are so, that's a very volatile position sometimes. You can strike gold and get like a Byron Defoe for like a couple of years. And, and hold it down and you're, and you're not locked in 15 years. And that's why like, whenever I hear the, the Islanders and these long-term deals, I just think of these like really bad deals that they signed. And it's like, don't you learn from your team's history or is it a prerequisite? If you're a, if you're a front office executive for the New York Islanders, that you have to sign some stupid, ridiculous contract and lock a player in at big years and big money. Like it's part of your deal. If you don't do that, like you ain't getting paid. I don't think you see 50. I, I don't think you see anywhere north of eight years anymore. I think eight years is pretty much a cap for a lot of teams now. 
because they see they see these other teams they see the these past contracts of you know like you said 14 15 years and yeah it has to be like you have to sign Connor Bedard like as soon as he comes out yeah, maybe yeah. one year after and you sign him to a 15 year deal because and it's you- not even like the 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 cap hit is lower because you're doing that like well, you yeah to- but, but 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 it's but it's not those what I'm getting at like look at Pasternak and the deal he just signed like that's not a low cap hit you would think like oh I'm gonna extend you out in years at least the number could come down like you're helping me out in some way that's not the case look at the guys on the on the Leafs like I don't know I I guess it's not as prevalent as we think in baseball if you're the Padres 11 years here 12 years here like Xander Bogarts is playing until he's 62 years old. He'll be under contract with the Padres. So it's, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's, uh, let's wrap this up with our predictions. Um, we'll skip tonight's game because uh, it'll be posted tomorrow. Um, so we got, uh, let's see here. Uh, we got the golden Knights. Uh, they're back home uh, Thursday. They host the golden Knights. Um, then they will, uh, Go down to the island to play the Islanders, funny enough, uh, on Saturday. Uh, and then on Monday, they play the Maple Leafs north of the border. Uh, so we'll date with the Maple Leafs once again. Uh, Jamie, what's your uh, prediction? Uh, you got the Golden Knights, the Islanders, the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they lose to the Knights, beat the Islanders. I want to say they beat Toronto, but I don't like how they've played lately, so I'm going to say they're going to lose to Toronto. So one and two? Yeah. Okay. Chris? Run those teams again? Uh, The Golden Knights. Yep. Uh, The Islanders and the Maple Leafs. The Islanders and the Maple Leafs are on the road. Vegas is home. I'm going to give Vegas the dub. Yep. I'm going to give the Islanders the L. Okay. Two and one. I think they're gonna beat. I think they're gonna beat Burt. I'm gonna go just because I'm gonna keep this streak going. Oh, one and two. Oh, I don't go. give me two more overtimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Watch. Watch. They go to fucking overtime tonight. I bet. I can't. My, I can't They've gone to five straight overtimes already. At this point, just keep betting the overtimes until they don't go to an overtime. Because at this point, you know you're. Who decides game regulation anymore? That's so overrated. Oh, who hey, as long as you get the point, right? Yeah, as, as long, long as you get the point, point. man. Uh, I went, I went on off on a tirade after that game too. Ah, God, that was a whole thing. Uh, there's nothing that pisses me off more than the people that say, "Ah, at least we got the point." I used to be that guy too earlier in the season. Now we're at the point where I'm like just sick of this shit, and I just, <laughs> I just want them to play better, man. They didn't even deserve a point out of any of those games that they got a point out of. So, yeah. But either way, we will be back next Monday. We promise. Uh, It's been a rough couple weeks, but we made it. Uh, But we'll be back next Monday uh, to recap those uh, three games and uh, so much more. Uh, But without further ado, this has been Shorthanded Takes, a Boston Bruins podcast brought to you by Beyond the Monster. And I'm Jeff Hoke. That's Jamie Gatlin. And that is... Chris Henrique, and we'll see you guys next week.